I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not uh, as simple you know, I, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many you know, more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Getting engaged is a moment worth cherishing. A one-of-a-kind ring that you design at Blue Nile can help your love sparkle. Just choose your diamond and setting. When you've found the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Finding the right engagement ring can be nerve-wracking. At Blue Nile, you'll have the expert guidance needed and a diamond guarantee that ensures you're getting the highest quality at the best price. Cherish all of life's moments and save up to 30% at BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Does Monday at the office feel like a storm? Not with Microsoft Copilot. That feeling when Copilot gets everyone up to speed instantly? It's sunny again. When Copilot simplifies complex data so your teams can act, that sun's shining on a beach. And when Copilot uncovers hidden insights, you're on that beach with your people and you find buried treasure. That's Microsoft Copilot. Learn more at Microsoft.com slash AI for all. Survivor 46 is here and so is On Fire, the only official Survivor podcast. And we have a twist this season. The winner of Survivor 45, D. Valladares, will be joining us every week. We're going behind the scenes of the biggest moments, the how and the why things happen, and the strategy and analysis you can only get from someone like me, a Survivor winner. Listen to On Fire, the official Survivor podcast, wherever you get your podcast. Moving my head. Yeah. I'm laying it off. Love that too. I'm pronating. When you're not supinating. I'm clearing too early. I'm clearing too late. My God, my swing feels like an unfolding lawn chair. I look like a fool. What the hell do you think you look like shooting them chili peppers up Lee Jansen's ass? Well, we're waiting. All right, golf fans, welcome back to another episode of Fairways and Dreams. If you're watching live on YouTube, or maybe if it just sounds a little different, it's because we're on location today. We are down in Virginia, and I'm at my brother's house, and that's who's joining me today. Jay, welcome to the show. Thank you for having me. I'm glad to be here. Now, I titled this one, interestingly, My Worthy Adversary, <laughs> because <laughs> he, my brother Jay is three years older than me. I've always looked up to him, and we've always had some really awesome at least some great competition on the golf course uh do you always view that the same way or do you kind of view me as that little brother that won't go away um definitely more competitive now i feel okay i, I think uh Fair. back in the day kind of owned you yeah, yeah but yeah. uh <laughs> these days it's much more much more competitive okay now your history with the game you golfed like i did growing up dad taught us both how to golf what would be your favorite or your best memory of early on in your golf life. So we'll say upwards to high school. Well, as dad even mentioned on his show, witnessing him get a hole in one with grandpa yeah. was absolutely amazing. Uh, one of the things that you'll never forget right. as young as you were. How um, old were you in that happened, roughly? Um maybe maybe ten. Okay. That's all not to remember. Yeah, That's all yeah, not yeah. to remember. Yeah. But that was awesome. And then obviously getting my own hole in one. 
which every time I play that hole, <laughs> I think of that. Like yeah. I'm like, this is the hole Jay got his home run on. And that's a really difficult par three. Yes. Where you were playing the whites, yes? Yes. Now, for those that might be familiar with Ogilvy Park in Wheeling, West Virginia, this was the Robert Trent Jones design number 11. Right. Tees were down. Yep. How far was it, roughly? I think I hit nine iron, so maybe like okay. 140, something it's like downhill. that. downhill. Yeah. Yeah. And do you remember, well, it wasn't a slam dunk. No, it hit back behind the cup. And spun, spun back. back. Yeah. Nice. I still search for my own, but I'm happy that you got yours. So what, what about recent memories? So if your own hole-in-one, seeing dad get his first hole-in-one were your older memories, what about recently? What, what are maybe some of your best memories of golf recently? Um, best memories are obviously anytime we can all get together and play. Right. As a family, that's always amazing, no matter what you shoot, how you play. It's yeah. always fun. Um, most recently, though, I think it was a couple years ago on – our four cherry golf trip. I okay. shot 69. That's right. You joined the 60 club. The first time I've ever <laughs> broken 70. Uh, that was, that was pretty memorable. Did you ever break six or did you ever break 70 at Crispin? I don't think so. No, no. I, yeah. I, 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 never course. I know. <laughs> All right. Very good. So what would you, what, I know you don't play as much as you'd like, but what's your current handicap? I think last time I looked, I think maybe 7.6 or something like That's that. That's right about me. Yeah. Something like that. If you think, and I think about this often because neither of us play as much as we would like to. If you really practiced, like you actually went and like worked on your game, short game, driver, whatever, how low of a handicap do you think you could go? Not much lower than him, right? Really? I don't That's think so. I don't think so. I Maybe a six. I, I'm not, I'm I not bet you could get down to like a four or five. No. Nah, you don't think so? I think you could. What do you think is the biggest obstacle? For you to pull, let's let's do two ways. What would be the biggest obstacle for you not getting your handicap down to where I suggested, like four to five? And also, what's your biggest obstacle from playing as much as maybe you would like? The biggest obstacle I find not playing as much is uh, not. It's a more short game. Yeah, the touch and feel shots. Okay, but as we've talked before, it's that sixty to seventy yard shot in. Yeah, that just gives me fits. And I think that's one where if you play more often, you kind of get it a feel for that shot. Those right? are the shots that when I stand over this, so let's have in the fairway, everything's been perfect. It's a par five. You got 60 yards in. I say to myself, all right, Jeff, good player, stick this tight. <laughs> and I miss the green. I'm like, damn it. You're not a good player. <laughs> that's what I tell myself. I'm not thinking. <laughs> well, what about uh, the, what's the biggest obstacle for you to actually go out and golf them? Just finding the time. Honestly, yeah. I mean, it's a, I've got a nine to five job. Also try to work in gym time, you yep. know, and you've got stuff to do around the house and the yard. And unfortunately, I don't have a lot of people that play down here in yeah. Richmond with me. So there's never that like, hey, come out and play nine holes right. with me or kind of right. thing. It's always usually by myself or trying to find random people. So that that is a you know, we have different lives in that regard. You know, with me, with the five kids, you have a, a job that obviously takes up a lot of time. It doesn't leave you as much freedom to do stuff like during the day. But. I think you and I both struggle with finding like a good group of people that have, I guess you would say similar lives. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, we think back to dad, his golf buddies, like they all just worked like jobs where when the whistle blew, they were done and they were at the golf course and they were playing. Like it just isn't always feasible, but he, he has a pool of about 20 guys that he can pull from yeah. to yeah. scrounge up, you know, a couple foursomes for an afternoon or whatever. Whereas, yeah, it's yeah. Oh, and especially since you like we used to golf a lot when you lived in Northern Virginia, yeah. but then when you moved, 
that changed not only for you but for me as well. But now, now I want to bring back when you lived in Northern Virginia. You at one point attempted to become a teaching pro, and you had to do the 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 what was the what were the stipulations to get past that physical part of the test? You remember what the regulations were? Or so what the requirements, called, I yeah, should say. It's called the player assessment test, and it's one day, thirty six holes. Um, I. They basically take the slope of the course and add, I think, 10 shots to it. Okay. And you have to shoot that or better over those 36 holes. And it, for the course that I played, Cluster Inspires in Frederick, Maryland, yeah. it equated to basically shooting roughly 75-75, I think, for both rounds. That's tough. It's tough, but it's doable. It is, yeah. Uh, they put the pins on flat surfaces. There's nothing you know, crazy. Right. They don't tuck pins in hard positions. They make the course as manageable and uh, accessible. That's possible. And you just got to have the, you know. And they play no matter what, right? It's pouring down rain. Like, yeah, you're going out there playing. playing. Yeah, and if you blow up on that first 18, you know, it's that makes that second yeah. 18 that much tougher. Did you – were the conditions good when you took the test? Beautiful. And what did you shoot in the first 18? Do you remember? Um, I think the first 18 I shot like an 82 or an 83 and immediately said, That's tough. I'm done. Yeah. And I think I the second eighteen just kind of played not really caring. I think I shot seventy eight, so I okay. played better. Yeah, but just not you know not near where I need to be. Now the desire to become a teaching pro at that time in your life was that just something to do, or did you actually have like did you actually want to go that route? I think I wanted to do something in sports first and foremost, but then also the, I thought the golf industry would be kind of fun to be right. in. I don't know if I wanted to be a teaching pro, but mm -hmm. it, it figured let's give it a shot see yeah. what happens, what I can shoot, you know, you never know kind of thing. And did see you ever, did you ever consider taking the test again? Not now, but after you did it the first time? No, I think that was like, I don't know okay. if I'm, yeah, I'm going to make it. I get it. I get. I could have worked on my game and maybe gotten there, but you know, that's tough. I mean, 75, 75 for the person that doesn't, you know, anyone that's a golfer out there. And if you're listening to this podcast, you're thinking like, shoot, that would be difficult to do back-to-back -back rounds. It's not like, okay, Friday I have to shoot 75 and Saturday I come back and I have to shoot another 75. You're playing 36 holes in one day. That's difficult. All right, I want to talk about your new golf clubs okay? because you got fitted for golf clubs, and you are like me. You get golf clubs. You keep your golf clubs. You had the hand-me-down Tommy Armour 845 Silver Scots from Dad. Yep. And then those came to me when you got your ping I3s. I3s. Okay, your ping I3s, which weren't even yours. They were the pro at Crest Creek Country Club in Shepherdstown, West Virginia. Anyone that knows these courses, <laughs> congratulations. But you had those forever. Now, Tim, those are the pro at the time at, at Crest Creek. Weren't they tailored for him? Yes. So length, degree of loft, and all that stuff was, was tinkered with a little bit. Yeah. So – Walk me through the whole process of when you went to wherever you went, doesn't matter, and you were getting fitted for your golf clubs. What is the first thing they did? So uh, shout out club champion. Uh, that's okay. where I went to get fitted through the advice of a coworker. And uh, you can basically sign up for a full bag uh, fitting. You can just do drivers and woods. You can do irons. You can do wedges. You can do putter. They'll do the whole bag, whatever you want. Um, it was nice. They broke it up into – different days because you were hitting a lot of golf balls. Okay. So that, you know, first one you're hitting, you're doing drivers. I mean, are you actually on a range or you no, have it's all like okay. track man inside Got kind it. of thing, okay. but they're tracking, uh, you know, ball speed, swing speed, launch angle, right. smash factor, you know, all the smash factor. Oh yeah. That's, that, a that's, a, that's a thing. 
the millions of different, you know, they're all the readouts, but you're trying all different clubs, yeah. all different shafts and get very, very tiring. So we did drivers and three woods one day. We did irons another day and then I did wedges another day. And I highly recommend it. Um, I think it's good to be fitted for a set of clubs. If you're actually serious about playing golf, as opposed to just buying off the racks, you know? Yeah. I mean, a lot of people don't know, you know, you might need a half inch longer clubs than what just stock. So are. what did you find? Like, did you find that the clubs that you had been using were too short? Did you, did you need sheer clubs been more upright? Like, what did they tell you? So basically the clubs I was hitting were similar to what I ended up getting there mm-hmm. in terms of uh, degree angle and length and all that stuff. It's just, they were newer, more forgiving, right? Um, just newer technology. Basically yeah. uh, I can hit them about 10 yards farther wow. at each iron than I was before. What uh what did you end up getting? So I got a Tyler TS and three wood, uh Taylor made P790 irons, Taylor made wedges, and I still have my old ping putter. Now you went into that not with a brand in mind. Like you didn't go to a Taylor made rep and say, I'm looking for irons. This was just they said that these clubs would be best for you or that these would be one of many options. And you looked at them and said, I like the way that looks at a dress. Like, did they give you options? Or oh, 100%. They, first, they say if there's any specific club you want to hit. And okay. I told them, I said, I am not brand specific. I don't have any loyalties to a certain brand. I said, I'll just hit whatever. Yeah. And they just start feeding you clubs. You hit them. And it's basically how it feels and also the numbers you're getting. So you yeah. might narrow it down to a couple of clubs where you're getting the same readings. And then it becomes which one feels better. Right. You know, so they more, they leave it up to you to decide, but you kind of get an idea of what you want. So were there any other clubs that were close uh, in terms of how you, when you came to the Taylor maids, were there another, was there another club? Like obviously dad's big with Callaway. Was there a Callaway club or anything like that? Um, I don't remember Callaway. There was a Strix on iron that hit. And when you caught that flush, man, it (laughs) was like like butter. So um, would you say it's worth it? Yes, 100%. Okay. If you can afford it. Yes. Because it's not cheap. No. Now, you'll probably have those clubs for the rest of your life. Probably at this rate. Okay. <laughs> I mean, I, I got my Cleveland CG2s. Let's date myself. I think they're like CG20-something now. In 2005, as a college graduation gift, and I haven't got changed them at all. <laughs> I was on 20 years with the yeah. thing I three, so I don't, it's, I, yeah, I don't pretty change good. very often. So uh, th- you bring up like Smash Factor and stuff. What are, what's your take on these analytics and like technology and golf? I mean, maybe these things existed and they, I didn't know about it, but we always heard about swing speed, right? The, the club head speed was going to dictate what kind of shaft you had in your golf club. When you're hitting the golf balls in the simulator, did that mean anything? You're like, this is just a bunch of BS. I, I wish they don't show you those because <laughs> I feel like you start chasing numbers, right? Okay. So they tell you, Hey, the pros have an average swing speed or a ball speed of X. So you now are trying to get after it yeah. to try to get your, you know, where you don't need to be doing that. Right. So I think for the pros, that's, you know, but I think for the amateur, that's stuff you really don't need to know. No, I don't. Yeah. I mean, what is a smash factor? <laughs> what I, does that even mean? I don't remember what he said. It had something to do with club head speed and ball speed divided by. Yeah. I mean, it's kind of like X, this, is, this is happening in all sports. I mean, when you look at baseball, like when a guy hits a home run, they're like that had an exit velocity. Of, <laughs> yeah. It's kind of reminds me of major league yeah. like, too high, too hard. Who cares? It's gone. Like what the hell are we talking about? Right. So some of the times when they see, um, when I see in golf, like you're watching the PGA tour and like, Oh, the, the, the velocity of this is like, Oh my gosh, like, I'm not a numbers guy. 
I'm a field guy, so I, I guess I, that makes sense. What about other technology in golf, though? Like, what are you? What's your take on things like range finders, or do you kind of sometimes wish it went back to the old school days where you had to find a sprinkler head or the 150 in the middle of the fairway and walk it off? So I was just, I mean, that that is old school, and that's the way we grew up yeah. playing. Um, I think the GPS watches, you know, mm -hmm. stuff you clip on your bags, I yeah. think it maybe speeds up the game. I agree with that. So you're not having to go try to find a sprinkler head with a, you know, you just look on your bag. All right. I got 160 to the front or 175 middle and you just go from there. So yeah. I'm fine with that technology and I, I use it and like it. Before we move on from the golf clubs, do you think that like, so let's say there's someone who's a lawyer. I'm thinking of a very lucrative uh, job at this point and they suck at golf. And they're going to go get fit. At some point, they have to just work on their swing, right? I mean, right. at some point, you could get the best gloves in the world 100%. that are fit perfectly for you. But your swing's always been good. Like, is the biggest difference that you've noticed in these new clubs is just the forgiveness factor and not so much the fact that they were fitted for you? Forgiveness and length. I, I, I think those are the two biggest things. I, the newer clubs, the ball definitely flies farther than yeah. 20 years ago. Yeah. So, I mean, just they, wait till they roll it back in 20 years. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> right. All right. you listen to the podcast, rapid fire time. Are you ready for this? Let's do it. All right. So, the first question I always ask if you actually had the choice, what would you do, ride or walk? I would choose to walk. However, like the, the new accoutrements of golf, the golf <laughs> coolers, the speakers, the, yeah, you know, that kind of inhibits like you know walking i guess you could clip speakers your would bag you ever put thing. would you ever use a push card yes you would i would okay yeah but i, I do i do enjoy walking yeah because a push card a lot of them have like places where you oh, okay. cool yeah, yeah, it's kick it old school <laughs> all right spring or fall golf you had to choose so i know a lot of people everyone on here says spring i love fall golf i'm seeing the leaves that sucks. But there's something about the leaves changing, the crisp, yeah. cool air. It reminds me of playing at Wheeling Country Club back in the yeah. day in the fall. And I, I love playing in the fall. So you have, let's say you have a you have a shot around the green, and you can it's not one of those where the situation dictates what kind of shot you're gonna hit. So it's not like I have to go over a bunker. Like it's 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 just open run. You could bump and run it or you can flop it. How are you playing the shot? I'm not very good with the bump and run. <laughs> You know, I think we kind of grew up in the era of taking the sand, the 56 out, no matter yeah. where you are around the green and just trying to trying get, to get yeah, 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 that's, that's just not me. All right. Now you've kind of been prepped for this from our dad, but if you had a walk-up song, so think about baseball players, you're going up to number one T now on the T Jay Hartman, what's what song is playing? I've been thinking about this a lot. <laughs> it's tough because at some point I kind of want a little juice going up there, you know, feeling yeah, pretty, like, for sure. but at the same time, you get a little amped up going there and then, the, the, the duck hook comes out. So I think I would still stick with E Street Shuffle by Bruce Springsteen. Uh, well, I'm not shocked. As you know, big yeah, Bruce fan. Absolutely. But I, I love that song. Okay. What's your favorite ball to play? I think I know this, but. Uh, I'm a pro V1 guy, probably first and foremost, but I'm not opposed to a Callaway Chrome Soft or TaylorMade. You know, TPS balls are nice. Yeah. Yeah. I definitely have more pro Vs in my bag than it. For sure. Um, let's say that you had to pick a three celebrities and that could be in any realm to finish out or round out a force and that you get to choose who you have in your celebrity three group. celebrities. Yeah. Um, I'm going to have dead or alive. By the way. Okay. Bill Murray. Okay. That's a good one. Ray Romano. 
And another like celebrity golfer. Um, it could be like a PGA pro if you wanted. Well, I guess they're a celebrity or whatever, but I'm gonna go non golfer just to make it sure for it. And we'll go Bob Hope. Nice. I'm gonna okay. Go three funny guys. That's that would be, a, you, it would be enjoyable. Yeah. It would definitely be enjoyable. What do you think is the worst rule in the game of golf? So they fixed it since then, but the not being able to tap down spike marks on the green. Yeah. So you're lining up a putt, and just because some guy dragged his foot, you know, leaving the green, right. back, especially back when he had metal spikes, yeah. you weren't able to fix that back then, and it tapped it down. What well, is it? And I, well, no, I just think that's like that's not fair to you as the golfer coming behind someone right. that's leaving spike marks all over the place. Correct me if I'm wrong, Sandy, but <laughs> if you're on the fringe – and you're putting the ball, you can't fix spike marks on the green, can you? Nowadays? In competitive play. I think you have to be on the putting surface so, yeah. Yeah. to be able to do that. That is a stupid rule. I mean, so be. since that's been fixed, is there anything else that you hate about the rules of golf? Uh, no, I mean, just like watching the other day in Hawaii, you know, Jordan Speed hits his ball and he ends up in this like massive divot from other, some other guy. And, you know, he's kind of shit yeah. out of luck. Yeah. That kind of, that's frustrating. Nice if you could replace that or, you know, mark it. Are joggers acceptable on a golf course? <laughs> no, they're not. <laughs> I'm old school, man. What do you think about some of these new golf trends in terms of attire? Like, I mean, some of these golf shirts, like some, a lot of guys never tuck in their shirt now. Like that's kind of acceptable now. The shirts are really bright. It almost feels like it's going back into the 1990s, late 80s with some of these styles and, and stuff like that. What's your take on that? I have no problem with the colors, the styles. If it's got a collar on it, you know, that's. So you don't even fun. like the mocks? I'm okay with mocks. I mean, Tiger made those big, of course. Yes, um, I, I'm not sure about the hoodies. I don't understand them, really. That's my biggest thing. Like, are you putting your hood up at any point in the golf? If yeah. not, why are we having hoods? It's a style thing. Golf has All become right. a lot about style. It's always been about style. I mean, you want to – golfers go back to Payne Stewart when he used to wear the knickers and stuff. Like, it, it brought him attention. It gave him notoriety. I think very few were about style. If you look at the majority, yeah. it's all khakis and a golf shirt. <laughs> well, back, back then, the day, yeah. Back yeah. In the day, yeah. Well, Payne, remember Payne Stewart used to be sponsored by the NFL? And yeah, he would right. wear the yeah. NFL yeah. Steer, whatever, whatever city he was in. Yeah. So yeah. we used to always see him at uh, the NEC in uh, Akron. So he'd always have Browns yep. for a day. So we saw him in the Steelers, I think, one time. Yeah. All right. Um, if you could choose, I know the answer of how you hit the ball. If you could choose, though, how you your ball flies in a consistent basis, would you rather play a fade over a draw? No. So you still like to draw? I love to draw the ball. I hate hooking the ball. <laughs> so there's a I think I love, I love fading the ball, but I can't stand slicing right. the ball. <laughs> if I can hit that little, like a baby draw, you know, that, okay. that, I love seeing that ball play. Well, you've worked the ball more left to right than I've ever seen you recently. It's accidental. No, it's not always intentional. <laughs> All right, what is one thing you'd like to change about your game, if anything? I mean, I think it's just consistency. You know, knowing when I step up to the tee, the ball is going to go here, mm -hmm. you know, or at least it's not going to miss by much. Um, that and, like we talked about earlier, the, the 60 to 80-yard yeah. wedge game. Like, if I could get that yeah. dialed in, that would definitely, I feel, like shave strokes off the game. For sure. All right, last one for you here. If you have to step up at, let's say it's the, it's an extra hole and you got a big, you have a big drive, or if it's a huge ten foot putt, what are you more confident in, hitting the fairway or sinking the putt? 
sinking the putt. All right, yeah. And I'm not even that good of a putter. But <laughs> I feel like just the nerves on the tee box, I think, you know, that, that's tough to do. I do have one more. I just thought of this. Right. At what age will you get a hybrid? Never. <laughs> I will I will die with nothing but a driver three wood and irons. Our dad is literally over there <laughs> laughing. <laughs> All right, but I know this is normally how you end this, but I got some rapid fire questions. Oh, is this allowed? Yeah, sure. Go for All it. Right. Pebble or St. Andrews? Both are public courses. You yep. can play either one of them if you got the dough. Next week, you got to pick one. Which one are you playing? So, air, airfare, all that stuff. Money is not an issue. St. Andrews. Really? Yeah. Yeah. I, I just think that St. Andrews, like, I, I feel like I know that course just from watching it as much, way more than I do Pebble. Like, the Pebble has those iconic holes, but I feel like St. Andrews, whether it's the road hole or that awesome, you know, one and 18 fairway that are split, they're right. shared, I should say. Yeah, I just think it'd be also cool just to go and play that style of golf course and have a caddy that's helping you get around the course and stuff. It'd be tough as hell, but I think yeah. it'd be fun. What about yeah, you? It, what, what about you? You went there. You I, didn't get yeah, to play it. But I, you I didn't get to play it, but went to St. Andrews and saw it. It's amazing. Uh, got to go on the course. Got to go on the bridge on 18. Just, yeah. It was fantastic. I think, though, if I had the choice of being able to play one or the other, I think I'd play Pebble. Okay. Um, just because of the views. I mean, just, I feel like it's just... Is there a wrong answer, though? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right. So, second question, and it kind of goes back to what you... I was going to ask you, your dream foursome. Celebrity? Anybody. Oh, okay. Um, my my wife actually asked me about this the other day. So, I would want... Dead or alive. Anyway. Okay. I would want Jimmy Buffett. Jimmy Buffett's a golf. He, Does he play golf? He did. Yeah. Did. Golf shoes on the on the hood of the car, making tracks. Like he he used to. I, I love afternoon golf. That's actually in his lyrics. So he he does golf. He's not good, but he'd probably tell a lot of funny stories. Okay. Uh, I love Freddie Couples to right. be in that group because again, he's going to tell some crazy stories. And um, I don't know. There's a part of me that would want to have someone like uh, an athlete in there. So maybe. Jordan? No, but no, he's way too better. They needed someone like Ben Roethlisberger, a Steeler uh, fan. Okay. Like he's All a right. decent golfer, but I would kind of get a little bit of everything. You know, I'd get to talk to the, the pro, the guy that I like his music the most, and then also one of the favorite athletes growing up. So there you go. Gotcha. So dad and I are not in this force at all. I thought it was just Next question. <laughs> Next question. Um, who wins in a fist fight, Jordan Spieth or Justin Thomas? Spieth has the size and length, I feel like. Yeah, Tom, probably Jordan Speed. Jordan Speed's whiny. I don't know. <laughs> so, uh, you know, we'll go with JT. I, I kind of agree. They're both very skinny. I don't think they've <laughs> ever been in a fight in their life. And I think it'd be fun to watch. Yeah. I think JT's got a little bit more fire. I feel you like know? you're right. But we'll it, go. I'll go with JT. I changed my answer. All right. Last one. And every parent says this is not true, but which of your kids is your favorite? <laughs> <laughs> um, I'll go with uh, my favorite son is Will, <laughs> and uh, the dog. The dog. Every time they get, he's like, I have five kids. Those that listen know, they always say, "Who's your favorite?" And I always say, "The dog." You don't have to. I always name the name the dog. The daughters, they're all equal. So there you go. Yeah. So that's it. <laughs> all right. Well, hey, thanks for joining. I appreciate it. Uh, for those that are listening, Fairways and Dreams will be back next on Thursday, I guess, for another episode. In the meantime, thanks a lot. Appreciate it. Have fun. See ya.
Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here as in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not uh, as simple you know, I, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. This episode is brought to you by Hyperice, the leader in advanced warm-up and recovery technology. They have tons of innovative products, like Venom-heated wearables to help soothe sore back muscles, Normatec compression boots to speed up recovery and increase circulation, and Hypervolt massage guns to improve mobility. Loved by athletes like Naomi Osaka and Erling Holland. Try them yourself. Get 10% off your order with the code MOVE at hyperrice.com. 